Let's give it a go and get it started once again. Brand new week as we head into the Rural Radio Network's presentation of the Midday Program on your rural radio station. I'm Dirk Christensen. Welcome to it. And we welcome back our globe-trotting ag radio correspondent, Jesse Harding. It was a long week in D.C. District of Columbia. I was just asking Jesse whether she left it any better because it could sure, I guess, use some help. We all know that. Uh, I guess it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll we'll trust that you probably did the right things. I always try to. I know. You do. <laughs> well, coming up at the twelve thirteen, we are going to have audio from the EPA administrator Scott Pruitt. There's been a lot of questions around ethanol with this administration, especially with Pruitt being from Oklahoma, a very heavily oil state, and where his stances are on ethanol. And so we'll get an update there. Also, a lot of flooding is going on in Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, in that region. So we're going to talk about how that's going to affect the crops. For the twelve nineteen, we're going to get some market updates with Mike Zuzalu and Dewey Nelson. And then for the newsmaker, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue has really hit the ground running in his first week. He was in Kansas City. On Tuesday, he met with us at headquarter office in D.C. And then last week, he finished out the day in Iowa with a town hall. And so Bruce Gorder has more with what they were talking about there in Iowa. And then finally for the 117, Joe Gangwish is joined with KSU Northwest Area Agronomist Lucas Haig. He's talking about what to scout for in southwest Nebraska and northwest Kansas following the weekend snows that we had last weekend and the issues that it might pose for this year's crops. Yeah, that's kind of an ongoing story yes, there. Yes, it is. Very good. Okay. Over here is Jason Jorgensen and a week of sports lies ahead. It does. Husker baseball team is now in first place in the Big Ten standings. Been a while since we've said that, especially this late in the year. Get some reaction from Coach Erstad as the Huskers were able to sweep Rutgers over the weekend. Go big and you, when you coupled that with Maryland, who struggled with Illinois, that was enough to give the Huskers the lead. So thanks to your lion eye, Jesse. Yeah, you're welcome. Because I know you're a huge Illinois baseball fan. Yes. <laughs> Never been to a game. I have been to a Huskers game, baseball game. There you go. That's That's all we need. Huskers are now ranked 25th in the country by uh, collegiate baseball. It's the first time the Huskers have also been ranked this year. Also, we'll tell you more about Nebraska on the recruiting trail. Uh, They picked up a nice verbal commitment yesterday from a receiver in the St. Louis area. And oddly enough, after he gives Nebraska verbal commitment... In Alabama, Nick Saban have swooped in with an offer. So we'll see if the Huskers can uh, hold them off for his services. When folks get all excited about all of these verbal commitments, yeah. and I'm going to get up on my soapbox. Okay, here. here's, here's Jason Jorgensen, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I always tell my friends, it's a long time until February. <laughs> and they scoff at that, and it, and it is. Uh, it means nothing. Uh, but Cameron Brown is an interesting prospect, and he must be pretty good if Nick Saban wants his services. Hopefully the Huskers can uh, entice him to continue to keep his word and come to Lincoln. That would be nice to see. Saban just got a big raise, though, didn't he, too? Mm -hmm. Throw that $7.5 million around. (laughs) See if he's worth his salt. Let's go over to Bob Brogan in the business world. Stocks are edging a little bit lower in midday trading on Wall Street. Also, uh... The average U.S. gas price dropped five cents as crude costs fell. And uh, also Warren Warren Buffett's looking to uh, make some major acquisitions. He's got 
Ninety million, I think, to spend. Oh, he had plenty to talk about over the weekend. It's all coming up for you today on Midday. Now we talk with Paul Perkins here, and it's brought to you by Coolman Repair. That's uh, what I mean by it is our ag weather. Now, we saw that marginal risk of some severe weather. It looks like it was earlier supposed to be contained within the state of Colorado, but the latest weather map looks like someone couldn't color in the line. Exactly, yep. And we do have the slight risk for severe storms, the yellow area that you see on a Storm Prediction Center map, the slight risk for severe storms, a little bit farther to the east now. And right now, if you are basically to the west of a line from Julesburg to Imperial down to Goodland, Kansas, and points to the west and southwest, you are in a slight risk for some severe activity. Earlier, that slight risk was a lot further towards the west into central and eastern portions of Colorado. So some severe weather definitely in the a possibility for today. And it is warming up very quickly. Up right now, temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s. And hard to believe that we had people... Without power last week on a Monday, schools closed because of <laughs> snow on the ground. And some people, one of our coworkers, just got their power back on Saturday. Yeah, it was. And somebody joked, "Yeah, just in time to turn the air conditioner on yesterday." <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. right. <laughs> just amazing that one week turnaround. Yeah, unseasonably warm again today as the cold front sags south through the region. It will stall out along the Nebraska-Kansas border. Thunderstorms will develop later today across western areas, mainly in. Eastern areas of Colorado, they'll gradually weaken as they move to the east as that stall front acts as the focus for some thunderstorm storm development into the evening. There could be a few more thunderstorms right near that front for tomorrow. The better chance, though, arriving late tomorrow and tomorrow night as some low pressure emerges from the four corners. It gets closer anyhow. The main severe threat tomorrow going to be over the south and west late in the day. Isolated thunderstorms will develop late in the day, also on Wednesday. And as that area of low pressure tracks across the plains, rain likely in our forecast for Wednesday night into Thursday. And it looks like we will see some healthy rainfall totals with this system, with at least a half inch in most areas, and some localized spots could see upwards of around 1 to 2 inches. Dry conditions do return for Friday into the weekend. It will start off on the cool side, but then we'll see a gradual warming trend. In the long term, temperatures for Nebraska and Kansas predicted to be mostly warmer than normal this weekend through May 21st. That exception, some cooler than normal temperatures over southeast Nebraska and central and east Kansas this early weekend. During the forecast period, daytime highs in central Nebraska usually average in the low 70s with overnight lows on average in the mid to upper 40s. Right in that perfect time of the year, we're starting to move into the precipitation forecast, mostly above normal precip in Nebraska and Kansas. This weekend through the 21st, that exception, some below normal precipitation in the forecast this weekend in the central and east. Some warm days helped the soil temperatures at the 4-inch depth at 7 this morning. Soil temperatures in the low 60s in central and east Nebraska, in all of Kansas, into west and west central Nebraska soil temperatures are in the upper 50s. In the markets today, weather factors driving train include the continued wide variance in Midwest planting conditions and weekend rain in Europe's wheat areas. A developing storm from the southwest will provide the focus for most of the significant precipitation this weekend. Only light precipitation will occur across the northern plains and northwestern areas of the Midwest. Cool conditions will persist the next several days from the Great Lakes into the northeast. The wet and cool conditions in the east and south of the Midwest will continue to slow planting progress. 
Corn emergence reached 10% in Indiana and 5% in Ohio, but had not yet begun in Michigan or Wisconsin. In the southern plains, rain and warm temperatures favor their development of winter wheat this week. Moderate to locally heavy rain occurred in central and southeast Europe this last weekend with some lighter amounts in the north and east part of Europe. That rain will benefit the winter wheat in France and northern Italy. In central Argentina, rains over the weekend and then again later this next week, mainly to delays in corn and soybean harvests and the planting of their summer crops. In north central Ukraine, dryness still a concern for winter and the planted crops. Ag weather brought to you by Coolman Repair. And Paul, is that going to, uh, that possibility of severe weather going to stay kind of suppressed a little south? It, yeah, kind of mainly towards the west, uh, in western areas, you know, northeastern Colorado, northwest Kansas, and that southwest corner of Nebraska, seeing that greater severe threat for today. And then those thunderstorms gradually weakening as they move to the east, and of course we lose that punch of the daytime heating. Yeah, okay, very good. Well, we want to thank you for being in with us today for the ag weather, and when you need weather anytime, krvn.com. agriculture information on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Jesse Harding. Ethanol has been a major topic when it comes to the EPA, especially with the administrator being from an oil state. While in Washington, D.C., Administrator Scott Pruitt told the Rural Radio Network what the agency is working on. The targets, the RVO targets that are set each year in November, routinely the EPA has missed those targets. That's going to change. Uh, we're already in progress to meet that deadline in November to provide certainty. So that's something I want to tell you today. With respect to the revapor pressure issue, uh, we are looking at that internally uh, to allow E15 to be sold throughout the year, a national waiver, if you will. Uh, there's a statutory analysis that's ongoing uh, that we're going to hopefully be able to conclude that process very soon. I very much hope that we can get there. It's just a matter of whether the statute permits it or not. Pruitt also discussed the need to speed up the approval process when it comes to chemicals. Illinois farmers along the Mississippi are dealing with, yet again, another year of flooding. Danette Cross, District USDA conservationist in Tams, Illinois, says this year the Ohio River, Ohio River is not as high as in the past, so the effects where it meets the Mississippi River may not be quite as bad. The good thing we have this time is the Ohio is not it's up but it's not way up because the ohio and mississippi meet at caro and when the ohio and the mississippi both are up that's when we really that's what happened in 2011. cross said that saying that there was a fema buyout in the floodplains of one illinois town back in 2011 so there are not many homeowners left in the area that see flooding again and wheat producers in Kansas and Nebraska should be scouting fields now for possible damage thanks to the late cold and snows that we saw last weekend. Joe Gangwish has more. Grabbing the headlines last week across the western areas of Nebraska and Kansas was the snow piled on top of the wheat. Northwest area agronomist for Kansas State University, Lucas Haig, says to also be looking for the freeze damage that happened just prior to those snows. What we really encourage guys to look for, you know, certainly uh, when we're looking for freeze damage is, is on each of them florets on the wheat head, pull that back and, and take a look at the anthers. And uh, you should see three of those inside, you know, each location where we'd form a berry. There's three anthers in there. And they should be turgid and, and green in color. Now, if they're white and shriveled, then that's a sign that, that they were damaged in the freeze and that particular position on the head will be sterile. So 
that's the best way to look for freeze injury. Egg says they're getting a lot of questions about purpling wheat. He says that is simply the plant going from rapidly growing to a cool down and sugars accumulating in the plants. And, of course, scouting those broken stems will be the big factor in those snowed on areas. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Joe Gangwish. U.S. pork and beef exports capped a strong first quarter with excellent March results that included a new record volume for pork according to statistics released by USDA and compiled by the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Pork exports were up 16% year-over-year for March and topping the previous monthly high set in November of 2016. Export values were up 22% for the first quarter and pork exports were up 17% in volume and 22% in value. Beef exports were up in March for 18% year-over-year and value increasing 22%. First quarter beef exports were up 15% in volume and 19% in volume. And in Mexico, Korea, and South America, fuel record volumes for pork pork exports continue. That's a look at agriculture information on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Jesse Harding. Next up on the program, we talk with Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics, Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network, and the soybean trades now in six and a quarter, seven three quarters lower, corn down, so, uh, wheat down. Chicago is losing ground to Kansas City. Uh, maybe I can't find too much positive about the market today either. How about Mike? I don't see too much positive until Wednesday's report, Dewey, unfortunately, and that meaning the USDA supply-demand report. I think this is one of those months that it's similar to what we faced the last couple years. You know, that's just the bottom line is that we build a base. We get some short covering led by the wheat, which is our leader to the upside, and uh, we falter uh, technically, and then we get some negative fundamentals. The last two big pieces of fundamental data that I think we're still trading off of and keeping the bulls on the sidelines as the China-related fund sell-off that hit the metals, hit the energies, and also hit the wheat as a side note because it's about commodity index trading. And then I think the wheat quality counselor tour results also were pretty negative. The market seeing a 46.1 bushel yield, um, I think that was just a lot higher than the trade was expecting. And I think that this is where there's a lot of downward bias, in my opinion, on that yield going forward because they literally only looked at 469 fields versus 655 last year. But be that as it may, these two things, I think, brought back the wheat as the leader to the downside, and we see it in the percentage losses again today. We also see the dollar index sharply higher, so there's strength there. That usually depicts lower grain prices, doesn't it? It does, and it, and it depicts some risk-off trading and some fear trading in the commodities. I think here we had the French elections. Macron won uh, in, in Sunday's uh, presidential election. He's pro-NATO, pro-Euro. Um, he's trying to, I think, secure Europe as a, a lead for the next uh, five years. And I think this is probably already factored into the market. In other words, the dollar went lower on the idea that Macron would win. He did win, and I think it's buy the rumor, sell the fact. Long term, though, this is very good news for China. I think we swing this back around and say, how bad is the Chinese issue in the economy right now? I think Sunday's victory for him is China most because they're such a large trading partner with that country. And we get the bulk of the corn crop maybe planted because of 
you know, possible drier weather. Uh, is weather still that big, important factor? I think it should be, but I don't think they're trading much right now. In other words, um, the poll came out from Reuters just a few minutes ago. Corn planting is expected to be right around last year and below the five-year average. I would agree with that. 44% is what the trade's looking for today versus 45% last year at this time and a five-year average of 52%. So if you were looking at that, Dewey, you would see, I think, some substantial short covering because in this day and age with the varieties and the genetics, especially west of the Mississippi River, the studies I've looked at would suggest you need to get it in early to get top-end yield. And so I think at this stage, going into the end of this week, you're probably going to start having to deal with top-end national yield going down. Does the market recognize that? Well, this goes back to the USDA report and whether, again, we buy or sell the rumor and buy the fact after the report numbers come out. Thanks for the comments. Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics. You want more information? Go to globalanalytics.biz or call Mike Zuzalo at 866-471-2588. Dewey Nelson on the World Radio Network. It's midday on the Rural Radio Network, and time to check sports with Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Dirk. Well, it turned out to be a big weekend for the Husker baseball program. Nebraska moved into first place in the conference standings with a sweep of Rutgers. The Huskers won yesterday 7-6 at a walk-off single from Luis Alvarado. Head coach Darren Erstad wants his team to enjoy this one. You know, the message I sent tonight was... Get some rest. You guys have earned a semester of grinding in the classroom and on the field. We're not practicing tomorrow. Get off your feet, relax, play some video games, take your mind off everything. Erstad made his comments on the Huskers Sports Network. It was Nebraska's first walk-off win since March 1st of last year. Nebraska now takes first place in the Big Ten standings with that victory, and Maryland's lost to Illinois. NU is also ranked 25th in the latest college baseball rankings. The Huskers play at Creighton on Wednesday. The good news for the 2018 Nebraska football recruiting class continues. Wide receiver prospect Cameron Brown of St. Louis verbally committed to the Huskers over the weekend. That gives NU 10 known commitments in this class. NU beat out a strong offer list for the six foot one, 170-pounder. He also had scholarship offers from the likes of Duke, Georgia, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, and reportedly Alabama has now offered him a scholarship. Brown has been a quick riser in the rankings this spring after posting a 4.51 laser-timed 400-yard dash at a workout camp in Chicago. As a junior, he had more than 1,000 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. Also being a two-way player, he picked off four passes last fall. Former Nebraska quarterback Tommy Armstrong reportedly had a good tryout with the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. He worked out at both safety and running back and says the team is looking to sign him to a contract this spring so he can continue to work out with them at safety. Armstrong told the Pioneer Press that he was invited back to OTA workouts later on this month, and he says the team was also impressed with his work on special teams. The Doan women and men claimed the team titles on Friday and Saturday at the GPAC Outdoor Track and Field Championships, which were held in Fremont. The two-day meet was held at Memorial Stadium and hosted by Midland. The Doan women scored 217 points in claiming team honors, while Hastings College finished second with 139. The Tiger men scored 219 points to claim first place, while Concordia was second with 156. And the best of three, GPAC Softball Series begins today as Hastings College is squaring off against Morningside. That's all the good sports. Have a great day. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Stay tuned. More middays just ahead. You are listening to the Rural Radio Network. 
Mostly sunny today with a high near 86. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. Tonight, a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly before 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low of around 55. And then for your Tuesday, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 1 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 74. From the newsroom, I'm Scott Foster. Ethanol has been a major topic when it comes to the EPA especially with the administrator being from an oil state. While in Washington, D.C., Administrator Scott Pruitt told the Rural Radio Network what the agency is working on. The targets, the RVO targets that are set each year in November, routinely the EPA has missed those targets. That's going to change. Uh, we're already in progress to meet that deadline in November to provide certainty. So that's something I want to tell you today. With respect to the re-vapor pressure issue, uh, we are looking at that internally uh, to allow E15 to be sold throughout the year, a national waiver, if you will. Uh, there's a statutory analysis that's ongoing uh, that we're going to hopefully be able to conclude that process very soon. I very much hope that we can get there. It's just a matter of whether the statute permits it or not. Pruitt also discussed the need to speed up the approval process when it comes to chemicals. LB44 was a bill introduced to the Nebraska legislature that would levy sales tax on internet companies that were located outside of the state. Governor Pete Ricketts talks about the demise of the bill. Congress has to act through things such as the Marketplace Fairness Act, or there has to be a new Supreme Court decision, which if we get a different ruling out of the Supreme Court, then we won't need LB44, because if we get a different ruling out of the Supreme Court, then we can just go ask retailers to start remitting that tax. But the problem is one, you know, one of the biggest problems with this bill is that it's unconstitutional. So again, it really needs to be addressed at the federal level. A nearly identical bill had passed in South Dakota, but it was ruled unconstitutional. That case will be heard in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. Arthur County High School finished third in a nationwide competition on personal finance. This comes on the heel of a state championship where the students from the tiny school in the Sand Hills defeated Omaha and Lincoln Metro schools. Arthur County is the first Nebraska school to place in the top ten of the national competition. Each student on the team received $200 for placing third in the national competition. The school also receives a banner. On the state level, each member of the Arthur County team received a $2,000 contribution to a Nebraska Educational Savings Trust college savings account. The team from Arthur County consisted of Peyton Fleck, Brianna Larson, Georgie Loggy, and Madison Rutt. Their teacher is Tammy Swanson. Arthur County Public School has 109 students, K-12. through You should be getting a break at the gas pump, even though prices usually rise at this time of year. And industry analyst Trilby Lumberg of the Lundberg Survey says consumers are spending less to fill up. Gasoline prices are falling. It's unusual for this time of year, but it's caused by crude oil price drops. The price of gasoline, regular grade, is down a nickel in the past two weeks to 2.41. Whether you missed that game or you need to replay that on-air interview, catch up with the podcast at krvn.com. In the News Center, I'm Scott Foster. I'm Bruce Gorder on the Rural Radio Network. Newly confirmed U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue held his first public town hall meeting on Friday at the Bill Cowser Cattle Company headquarters near Nevada, Iowa. He commented on the production capacity of American farmers. The farm community doesn't have secrets. They like to share what works, and that's the great thing about being in the farm business and the agricultural business is we share with one another, and the American people, I'd say people all across the world are the beneficiaries of that sharing, and the productive capacity is just astounding. I've told the president that American agriculture is absolutely the most productive, the most technologically advanced 
productive manufacturing process we have in America today. And that means that men and women all across this country are working like the Cowsers to make that happen. In the crowd was a group of FFA students. Secretary Purdue said they are vital to the future of agriculture and wants to be transparent in the production of our food. I look at these fine young FFA folks here and, and think this is the future of agriculture. And these young people, along with Tim and his age, are going to be the ones that communicate the great story of agriculture. Coop, I don't know where you are, but God bless you. There are men and women across this country working with FFA day in and day out. These are the leaders of America, and not only in agricultural production, but in leadership and communication and in, in, in telling the story. No longer can we just be good, good producers. You can't be just as efficient as the Cowser family in crop and cattle production, but we've got to be great communicators. We owe it to the consumers of the United States as well as the world to let them know that we are concerned about their safety, the wholesomeness and nutritional capacity of the food they consume. They deserve to know, and we ought to be able to tell them. As I said, Bill, we ought to be unapologetic about how we do things in animal agriculture. And I'd love for the activists to come here to your farm and see how well those cattle are cared for, how you treat them, and how you, how you move them around in a way that, uh, that helps them. You, you said something earlier today I thought was pretty neat. If, the, if our young people of America were as vaccinated, healthy, as cared for, fed as well, we wouldn't have a problem of health in America today. So that's a testament of what you're doing to these cattle. Secretary Purdue also stressed the importance of trade and relationship building, citing an example from 33 years ago that still works today. What you all did here in Iowa in 1984 is having impact in 2017. You know what you did? You were hospitable to a group of five young Chinese men that came to Iowa to learn what was the magic and the majesty of American agriculture. And you treated them like you would treat me coming in as friends, as neighbors, and you were hospitable to them. You know what? That made an impression on those five young men. You continue that relationship. Governor Brand said was part of that. You continue that relationship, and guess who one of those five men are today? The president of the second largest economy in the world, President Xi of China. And he remembers. He remembers your kindness. He remembers your hospitality. The Chinese will tell you they want American beef, and we're going to figure out a way to get it to them. These are technical discussions that are tough, but we're going to stay at it because people do business with people, and we want them to trust us that we're sending them a wholesome, healthy product. We're going to bring them to places like the Cowser family and show them how that beef is produced. We're going to take them to the processors and show them how it's handled there with good employees of USDA inspecting that beef. That USDA stamp is a good housekeeping seal of approval worldwide, and that's what people want. We trust it. And the USDA has built their reputation over trustworthiness. The secretary also talked about excessive regulations and said the president is already doing something about them. When the president came to Iowa and said, we're going to roll back these onerous, unproductive regulations that we put on American society, particularly American agriculture, did you think he'd do it? You know he's already started doing it. And that's the good thing. He's rolled back some 
And just last week, he signed an executive order calling for an interagency task force, of which he charged me to chair with EPA, with labor, with energy, with commerce, and with many other uh, interagencies. This president is committed to have Team USA, a holistic government that works for the American people and not against it. And that's the kind of guy I want to work for. And finally, Secretary Perdue says renewable energy is and will be a big part of American agriculture. I work for a fellow by the name of Donald J. Trump. Did you hear what he said during the campaign? Renewable energy, ethanol is here to stay. And we're going to look for new technologies to be even more efficient. Many people still think there's a subsidy involved today. This is a mature industry that's continuing to grow and thrive. I look forward to giving the president better ideas from the renewable fuel standards and other things that can help it even do better. So uh, you bet we're going, we're going to do it. So you have nothing to worry about. The secretary spoke to a large, friendly crowd on Friday and seemed to say all the right things. We now wait and see what the future brings. I'm Bruce Gorder on the Rural Radio Network. We recovered those losses from Friday in live cattle and feeder cattle futures. With us, Joe Teal, Great Plains Commodities. Tell us more about this. Yeah, one exception, that was the June cattle, they yeah, finished lower. So they didn't recover everything they lost, but the rest of them sure did. And uh, another uh, volatile day in the uh, in the cattle futures, uh, both both live and both uh, the feeders. The uh, June cattle, I think, were subject to uh, some rolling of positions from uh, getting out of the June, getting into the deferred months. Uh, so a lot of spread activity. So I think just some liquidation really going on. No cash trade to, to report so far. Uh, cutouts at noon, higher again. Very, very light uh, trade so far this morning. Um, but, uh, you know, considering uh, the volatility and how it's going to last, it's going to be quite a while. And uh, with the discounts, that uh, puts the uh, cattle in, an, in a point where uh, they certainly can uh, come on. Now, as far as the feeders are concerned, they've gone uh, to a premium now So, uh, with their uh, big move today. So some real good uh, gains over there, uh, as much as a 577 out of the uh, November contract. So very strong day in all. Over in the hogs, cash firm once again. The index rising uh, pretty rapidly now. And uh, the uh, I really look at the hog futures today just kind of waiting for that uh, index to keep coming up because they're carrying a nice premium. And uh, uh, the May contract uh, uh, will be going off here. So, therefore, uh, look for uh, a bit more strength uh, out of the cash. Thanks, Joe. Joe Teal, Great Plains Commodities. Here on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Joe Gangwish. Going to visit with Lucas Haig. He's a Northwest Area Agronomist for Kansas State University. And Lucas, let's talk about some of the wheat we should be scouting in the western parts of Kansas after that big snowstorm last weekend. Tell us what we should be looking for. You bet, Joe. And so actually we've got uh, a combination of things, not in, and not just a snowstorm, but we're seeing a fair bit of damage uh, that even ties back uh, back to the morning of April 27th when we got really cool, especially over in the north central part of Kansas. I cover 
over into Phillips County and, and in through there, Rooks County. And, and so what we really encourage guys to look for, you know, certainly uh, when we're looking for freeze damage is, is on each of them florets on the wheat head, pull that back and, and take a look at the anthers. And uh, you should see three of those inside, you know, each location where we'd form a berry. There's three anthers in there. And they should be turgid and, and green in color. And if now if they're white and shriveled, then that's a sign that, that they were damaged in the freeze and that particular position on the head will be sterile. So that's the best way to look for freeze injury. Also, some disease problems were cropping up in the northern part of the state, too. Uh, what, as guys scout, do they need to be looking for there? Yes, we're seeing uh, both leaf rust and stripe rust uh, at fairly low levels um, and fairly low in the canopy. Um, it's it's more progressed as we look in more north central Kansas, but we are seeing it out here in northwest Kansas. Uh, you know, everywhere from Hayes uh, on up into the clear uh, far corners of the state up in Cheyenne County. So uh, we've got that at low level, something we're keeping an eye on, especially if moisture in the forecast here the next couple of days. Uh, you know, could certainly drive that. So. So we've got the yeah the freeze injury we've got uh, the the diseases and then of course uh, you know the snow that gathered so much attention and so I think most people at least here uh, in the northwest part of the state are pleasantly surprised about how well this weed has sprung back up. Uh, we didn't have near the breakage of stems that they had in southwest Kansas. Of course, those those broke stems are pretty unrecoverable, but most of the stuff that was laid over and kinked it's it's standing back up fairly well so far. Lucas Haig is with us, Northwest Area Agronomist for Kansas State. So I guess, Lucas, we want to stress for those folks questioning what to do with the wheat if they did have some damage, uh, you know, call their extension folks, call their crop insurance agent and have them come out, right? You bet. And, and I think key thing to keep in mind, Joe, is, is, is we've got a lot of the cosmetic things versus the things that actually affect yield. And so, you know, cosmetically we're seeing some leaf damage. If guys see like some some white specks on the leaf that's often where frost or snow something has, has frozen that tissue uh purpling we're getting a lot of questions on purpling and that's just simply when we go from a rapidly growing plant and we have that cool down in temperatures that's just an accumulation of sugars in the plant so we've got these cosmetic things that are going on um, but we need to balance that and take into effect how do the anthers look how do the stems look and and uh, use that to guide our our, our management decisions. So, but yep, extensions here to help. K State, UNL, we've all got great people in the field. Uh, be happy to come take a look. You bet. And this uh, crosses both borders on this colder weather we experienced. And want to ask you about uh, some corn that got planted out there too, and some colder soils. What do you think there? Yeah. So you know, and, and really, we had a lot of guys that looked at that forecast and, and held off. And as a result, of, you know, we're a little bit behind uh, acres planted where we'd typically be right now, but. Uh, but in general, it's these really warm temps. You know, we were up in the 80s yesterday, projected projection of 87 today. That's really going to help snap this corn out of out of any issues that we had. That is Lucas Haig, Northwest Area Agronomist for Kansas State University, with us on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Joe Gangwish. Grain and soybean futures closed lower today. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. And we're joined by John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Kind of a light volume day today. What did you think as far as um, the bulls and the bears having that tug of war again? Well, it wasn't much of a tug of war today. Low volume, but just a little more and more selling, and which I guess is positive, I think, for... For the bulls, if you are bullish, uh, you know, if we're seeing new high-volume selling, uh, you might think new shorts coming in. I think at this point the market is 
essentially trading on very little uh, that it, that it doesn't know. Um, you know, South American crop. I say it's done yet, but the corn market. We're going to that pollination phase, so uh, be careful with corn there. Um, but in beans, you know, the weather looks good. We're going to get acres. We're going to get acres planted on time. I assume corn probably looking at some replant, but even then, the areas that really matter, you know, the I states all the way up the northern I states up into uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, you know, have pretty decent decent weather right now. So uh, at this point, you know, slow markets mean selling markets, and I think that's probably why we were down today. Mar- markets are also focused on Wednesday's upcoming report. Oh yeah, Wednesday's upcoming report. I think today a little bit. You know, the the, the crop progress report this afternoon will be important, um, especially on the wheat side. See how, how far the USDA takes that KC wheat crop down. Um, you know, it's amazing how quickly a week goes by. It's you know, a week ago we were snowing, and uh, this week it's almost what 90 degrees down there. So it's uh, it's so quick to to see this change, and that's why I tell guys. You know, if you're looking for a fast, one-way moving market, grains are not your thing. I think we're, we're setting up more for sideways, slightly lower kind of pattern here unless we get some sort of problem that's going to take yield away. Now, we've got a little issue here in Illinois. Southern Illinois, Central Illinois, they're wet, they're cold. But at this point, that's, that's about all we're hanging on. Uh, until we get the USDA to start confirming some of that stuff, I don't think the market really cares, and we're still a couple of weeks away from that at the earliest. And we look at July corn contracts still stuck in that 360 to 380 range. Yeah, 360, 380, which is really 340, 360 cash corn out your way. I, I have a hard time seeing us get a much above 380. You know, July July corn gets above 380. That'll be the highest front month contract we've seen since, you know, we saw it one time in February, but really going back to the harvest. So, well, I, I, I hate to be too myopic here. You know, these prices really aren't that cheap. Uh, we could see the front month fall another 20 or 30 cents back to where it was at the harvest last year. And that kind of feels like where we're going here without a problem. Thanks, John. John Payne. You can go to DanielsAgMarketing.com and get more information. Today we've talked with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Dewey Nelson reporting.